you know, that really ignited this passion, right? To be able to help spread the word and let other people know that it's possible and that they don't have to do it with us, that they can do it, right? That it's something that's accessible and that you don't have to have multi-million dollars in the bank to be able to get started, that you're able to start where you are and build from there. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss. And with me today, I am so pleased not to have one guest, but two guests. And it's not every day that we have this. So I'm excited to introduce Daisy and Luke all the way from sunny Austin, Texas, currently in California. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, good to see you, Yana. Doing well. Yeah, yeah, it's going good. Yeah, doing amazing. I know we try to you know, schedule this for a while and you've been on our podcast, so it's nice to be full circle and now have the opportunity to show our experience and our journey with your audience. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited to have you here. And guys, check out the Make It Rain podcast. You guys got to check it out on all the platforms. We'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for that as well, because it is an incredible podcast where you learn not only all about how to make it rain, right, but literally how to make money in real estate and interviewing so many incredible people in the space and so many different topics that are covered there in depth. So I'm excited to have been a guest. We talked about, what did we talk? I don't remember what we talked about on that show, but probably had something to do with cost segregation. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cost segregation. We talked about your family a little bit. We talked about quite a few things. Definitely check it out. That's awesome. Now you too, and I'd love to hear a little more from you guys, but For our audience, a little context, you are entrepreneurs, real estate investors who have taken the shift from a kind of more corporate careers into real estate investing. And so uh, multifamily specifically, but I'd love to hear how that has led you to move all the way to Texas. Both of you have been, you know, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, native Californians and uh, making that move obviously had a lot to do with the real estate investing. So tell me a little bit about how that transition actually happened. Yeah, totally. So you're totally right. We're both uh, native to California, Southern California specifically, and, you know, never really thought we'd move from California, you know, leave the sun behind. But I was in education for 10 years in international education, specifically working with students and clients from all over the world and love that line of work, right? I was with the consulate of Kuwait right before transitioning out and being full-time within the multifamily space. And, you know, for us, the transition was really on two ends, right? It was one being able to live the kind of life that we wanted to live. So recently married and, you know, sort of reverse engineer the kind of life we wanted to have in 10 years and looked at how we would be able to make that happen. And all the lanes kept coming back to real estate, to multifamily. So with that, you know, we took a leap of faith and, you know, a lot of planning, of course, but then that really was what prompted us to move to Austin right? To be able to pursue being on the active side. We'd been uh, limited partners investing passively for quite a few years and decided we wanted to be active and provide that opportunity for other people to also start investing and have maybe access that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And so that's really what prompted the move. How do you guys hear about that? You know, passive, I'm always curious because you said you passively invested in some deals before you started going more actively involved, which is the way a lot of people you know, tend to go, start off on the passive side, learn a little bit, learn industry, learn the ropes before moving more, you know, onto the active side. But how did you find that in the first place? Because it's not something that typically is 
Todd, I mean, you were working in education. Is that something that you had heard about through any colleagues at work or where did you guys come across this? Yeah, it's funny because I hadn't heard about it either at work. Like, you know, my entire background's in the construction industry. And so I hadn't heard about it either, Yona. It was actually through a friend who was involved in real estate as well, right? So I went to college with him, former roommate, and he knew a GP on a deal was actually the GP's first deal um, as a lead sponsor. And so that's how I ended up finding out about it. He was like, hey, like we talk about real estate all the time. Here's this deal, you know, and that's kind of how it organically happened. At the time, I didn't even know how many different groups there are and how, how many deals and how much deal flow, especially back then there was. But it was kind of just happenstance in that way because it was through a friend of a friend that I got connected with the lead sponsor. Right. And I guess because you were in the construction, you know, business, obviously real estate is very deeply tied to construction, but you were working on properties, you were working on other things like that. So obviously there's some overlap. Someone who was in the construction business, you know, probably had connections to people in that deal. So that's not too uncommon, but it's really interesting because it's always interesting like where you hear about it. And it's incredible how just one person can literally change the trajectory of your whole life. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you guys think back like, you know, a year or two years ago, you know, would you imagine like not only have you moved to Texas, but now you're invested in hundreds of apartments, doors, and now on your trajectory to, you know, just 10xing that really? Yeah, not at all. I think it's been, you know, a beautiful journey just to see how it's progressed. When we started investing, it was really for us to put our, our capital to work, right? And to be able to plan for the future, but never really thought it would be something that we would be interested in doing mm. ourselves. And it just sort of organically grew into that, right? So I, you know, I think sort of was inferred, but, you know, learned about real estate from Luke, right? He learned about it first and then started talking to me about it. We started actually investing in our first property when we were still dating. We weren't even engaged or married yet. And that went really well, right? And so once we got our first feel for distributions, for the power of generational wealth and being able to help others do the same, then, you know, that really ignited this passion, right? To be able to help spread the word and let other people know that it's possible and that they don't have to do it with us, that they can do it, right? That it's something that's accessible and that you don't have to have multi-million dollars in the bank to be able to get started, that you're able to start where you are and build from there. 100%. What was that like after you, you know, did your first investment and got those returns back in the mail or whatever it was? Was it just like, was it shocking or had you had other experience with other types of investment products and it was just like, okay, this is cool. This is something similar. You know, it's funny because three, four years earlier, I had, you know, day traded options and which is completely different. Right. But I ended up doing that. And that was like powerful, but it was also just a hell of a lot of work. And so I remember once I first got this, I was ready to send the check, but once I got the first distribution back, right, it just felt very empowering, really. You know, it was like, okay, this was something that I was looking at doing for so long. And I was thinking about for so long and it just felt like making progress. You know, for me and my personality, I'm very driven by making progress in things. And so once that first check came in, it was powerful and almost like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was coming, what I'd been working on for a while and what I've been thinking in my head was finally coming to fruition and was actualized in the, you know, in the real world. Yeah. And for me, it was completely different, Yona. I was really scared and nervous, right? And I think we have very different experiences, which is great now when talking to people, right? People experience it very differently. For me, I never invested before. You know, being in education, I also didn't have the means to be able to save a lot of money. This was the first time that I'd actively saved a substantial amount of money to be able to invest. And so this was literally like 
all I had, right, is what I was putting in. And so, you know, it was scary. We do your research and do what everybody says, listen to podcasts like yours and read books and do all that good jazz. And at a certain point, you have to take the leap of faith and do it, right? Take the action. So it was really a scary moment, right? Wiring all my saved capital, right, to somebody else. And I think once we got that distribution, then it felt real for me, right? That's when I saw, okay, this is legit, right? This is something that we can definitely continue doing going forward and, you know, move forward and and make progress. But for me, it was a very different experience from Luke. So it was good going through it together because he was really instrumental for me in being able to go through that process. I don't think I would have been able to do it on my own, to be honest. Right. And obviously it gives you guys, I guess that experience helps you to, you know, have conversations with new potential passive investors where, you know, these are people who maybe have never invested before in a deal similar to how you were in your first deal. And that is really scary. You're taking all of your hard-earned money and making that wire. There are horror stories out there, unfortunately. And I've heard some on my own, you know, and it's really hard to know how can you really trust these operators? Do they really have the great experience that they're claiming to have? And you have to do your due diligence, but in the end of the day, it really is like a leap of faith to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, once you are used to it and once you are comfortable with that and you continue doing it, and especially on the active side of things, and you have more control, you know, people are putting their trust in you. But at the same time, it's more like a, just a business transaction. You're like, okay, yeah, this is something I'm going to do. Okay, I have to put in 50,000 here, I have to put 100,000 here. <laughs> like, it, it's just it comes much more naturally. Yeah. When you say totally, totally. And now, you know, it helps me because when, like you said, right, when I'm having conversations, I, you know, with potential investors, if we can, if and when we can, we always try to meet in person and have that face to face. And even if we've known them through, you know, our potentially like our graduate degrees or whatever the case might be, right? Just having that face to face and that ongoing interaction and texting and just communicating regularly, I think that just makes such a big difference, right? Because we're people at the end of the day and we don't want it to just be a business transaction. We want it to be a lot more than that going forward. Sure. And you mentioned like, you know, connecting with people who you went to school with, you know, people like that. Where do you find investors? I mean, this is Weiss advice. So we'd love to hear, you know, your personal take on that. Like, how do you go about actively finding, I mean, reaching out to old friends, old colleagues or classmates, like where does it even begin? And how do you go about doing it? I'd love to get some pointers on that from you guys. I think a big part of it is just letting people know that this is something that you're doing. And so that's when you're having conversations with friends and family, like, hey, this is something that I'm doing actively here, even promoting it on LinkedIn. You know, you're the LinkedIn king over yeah. here. So it's like doing, <laughs> doing it on LinkedIn and then other social media that's out there. Having different platforms ends up helping, of course, like having our podcast and then having a website like that helps having a newsletter. So like there are those kind of like tangible mm. things to do like that right? and able to do in different ways, but it's also like connecting with people and literally just having conversations. And then it's kind of a, some of it is people finding you and them, mm-hmm. you know, through these different means and these different efforts that you have and others are, you're having a conversation with somebody and they're like, I, did, I had no idea about this. And, you know, you, you can have that introduction there. That's great. No, there's some really great tips there. I mean, the platforms that you can use to your disposal, and you just mentioned you rattle off like all these different things that, you know, creating a, a thought leadership platform like checks all the boxes, right? You get the podcast, you got the newsletter, you got all the social media. And it's true. Just talking about it. I mean, do you find that like family or friends like get a little annoyed that you guys are just talking about real estate all the time? <laughs> or, or, 
Not so much. I think we've definitely become better at not, you know, talking about real estate all the time. The funny part is whenever we're in a car with family or friends, because we're always looking at apartments, right? (laughs) Whether it's in California or in Texas. And so I think that's where it becomes a little harder to, you know, we'll see, oh, you know, how, what's the size do you think of that one? Or, you know, when's the last time it was on sale? And we'll go on and look it up as we're in the car. So I think we've become better about being in person, you know, and especially quality time with family. And friends, now that we're not in California and we're not as close, like that's quality time with them. Right. But that's also why we started the podcast, right? The reason we started it to begin with is because we were having a lot of the same conversations with family and friends. Right. And so we wanted to be able to, you know, condense all of that information and have somewhere to send somebody, right? That's really where it started. And then in that process, we realized that there weren't a lot of millennials that were in the space that, you know, looked like us, that sounded like us. Uh, that were our age, and then really then started looking at how can we provide more access for millennials specifically within this space, right? But the podcast completely started for that reason, because we didn't want to have that conversation over and over and overwhelm anybody. But if somebody asked, we wanted to have a place to send them to. That's such a great idea. You know what? I've been meaning to do this for a long time. I have a podcast, but my podcast is nothing about what I do. And consecration. And you know how many times people ask me questions and I just create a library of frequently asked questions. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And you're yeah. the cost segregation king, right? So anybody <laughs> thinks cost segregation, think of Yona Wise. <laughs> For sure. But I, you know how much time I could save by just having a library of resource? I'm just like thinking to myself right now, I just got to do that. That's what I'm going to do. 2022. Okay, guys, you inspired me. <laughs> yeah. It's going to block off like three hours on my calendar and just do it. I mean, it's beneficial too, because then somebody... You know, they can always dive into certain topics if they want to or see certain questions that were top of mind for them or maybe weren't, right? And be exposed in that way. And then if they want to dive in deeper, they can always connect with you also. So I think it works on both ends, not only for you, but it's super valuable for them too. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. You know, I've always gone, as you know, we did the Make It Rain podcast, you know, I love that. That's your name. And I'm going to ask you about that in a second, but I've been on over 200 podcasts as a guest. And for me, it's like I just refer people to, oh yeah, go check out these podcasts, you know, I'll check out Make It Rain. I talked about it over there. But if you condense it down to little like one minute, two minute, like tidbits, that's actually, uh, sorry for, you know, usurping this interview to just uh, <laughs> allowed about my plan over here. I think that's what I'm going to do. So you guys have yeah. partially inspired that. That's like beautiful. It. Well, I'm glad that we're you know able to help reciprocate the favor and, and help you in, in 2022. Well, I'm, I'm going to you know, make sure uh, you guys know. But yeah, it's a great idea. Let me ask you, go back for a second about Make It Rain Capital. It's a great name. Uh, obviously, there's the implications of what that's all about, right? But when you're creating any company, when you're creating a business, there's thought that goes into that, right? There's meaning behind it. Like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Yeah. What does it mean to me? I think a big part of it is just being able to have social mobility and be able to build your wealth. I think that's a big part of it, right? And then of course, it's very targeted towards millennials because that's just a phrase. It's in the zeitgeist, right? Of course, like Generation X or Generation Z, they understand it too. But it's like this phrase that we just kind of knew and grew up on. It was funny because the way that we came up with it was that we had like, I don't know how many, we were just like, okay, well, we're just going to create a podcast, right? And so we created maybe 20 or 25 names, just like rattling off like stream of consciousness ideas, right? And we liked the puns. And so then we ended up narrowing it down. And then we just sent out a survey to like people that we knew who had already invested or were potentially interested. And 
And we're like, okay, like, or they knew about real estate in some form or fashion. And then that name just rose to the top and yeah. by far. Yeah. And so we're very community oriented and we talk a lot about creating community. That's very important for us. And that's been a big part of the move, right? And the transition to Austin with the meetup and with so many things that we're doing. And the name really came about really from a very similar place, right? Where we wanted it to be about our community and our friends and the people around us. And so involving them in the process and letting them be part of, you know, the formation of the company and what it was going to be called. And, you know, there's obviously a a different connotation also, right? To make it rain outside of that. And I think once people know us, they understand where it comes from, but there's also the other side, right? Which I think is, is a very real thing in terms of, understanding that not everybody's going to resonate with that name and it's not going to be for everyone, but we want to work with people that know who we are and understand where we come from. And so to our community and to our tribe, they will understand what the name means and what we embody with it. Makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. A great explanation because to me, being a little bit older, you can tell from the white beards, I'm like, yeah, make it rain. Okay. I'm uh, I'm not so cool and hip with all the millennial talk out there, but no, I totally get that. And it makes so much sense to me. And I love the community involvement there. And that's really what you you guys are all about. I mean, you mentioned in passing over there, a meetup. And so what's that about? You, you guys have a meetup? Like, is it an online thing? Is it an in-person thing? Tell me more. Yeah, it's an in-person meetup. And we started it, oh God, like month two after we'd moved into town, yeah. into Austin. And it was really a way, you know, two ends to it, right? One was a way for us to meet people, to create community, and really to start forming our own tribe within Austin. But also we wanted to be able to provide access and education. I think a lot of what we do always comes back to that, right? Being able to help others and connect others. And so we bring in speakers, right? That talk about different things. We've brought in syndicators, you know, lenders, brokers, property managers, just a wide range of, of people. And they talk about, you know, their expertise, right? And, and shed some light on, on that end. So it's been great. We've done it every month since and planning to continue it. That's so cool. So for our listeners who are uh, Austin locals, how can they find out about this? And where is it? When is it? Once a month in Austin, somewhere, you know, around North slash like downtown, cent- downtown central, cent- Austin. central. We'll end up moving it around here and there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, pretty central in Austin. And any information you can find it on makeitraincapital.com or you can always reach out to us and we'll send you the details over. But anybody who's in Austin, we'd love to meet up and welcome you to our community. There you go. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I want to do something even more fun though, if you can even imagine. What we're going to do, we always transition to what we call the final four, but it's not every day we have a couple on the show not only business partners, but partners in life. And I'd love to do what we call the the final four newlywed style, which means I'm going to ask the questions to each one of you separately. And then we'll come back and bring you back and see who actually gets it right. So you guys up for that? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. So I will leave the room so you can ask Luke and then we'll switch off. Okay. There we go. I'll see you in a minute. All right. You'll confirm when she is out of sound. All right. I'm going to wait for to hear the door close. <laughs> okay. So, All right. so first question for you, Luke. And again, this is question and you're going to answer as if this is Daisy's answer. Let's see how well you know your wife. <laughs> All right. All right. This feels very much like a trap, but I'm, I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it isn't a trap, but we'll see. First question is, so actually I'm going to ask you both. I'll ask you what your question is and then what do you think her answer is as well. Okay. So we can know ahead of time what she'll, oh, yeah. so we'll know the real answer. So first question is what is the worst job that you ever had? Oh, uh, for me, 
So my second job, I was working as an engineer. That's what I went to school for. I got a graduate degree in it and I'd been doing it for two years and then I switched over to another company. And that was probably the worst one, not because there was anything wrong with the company, but it was just wasn't a good fit for me. And now understanding my personality, like I'm not an operations person. Like I can't sit at a desk all day. Like that doesn't work for me. I'm not motivated by it. So even though I studied it in school, it just wasn't a good fit. Great company, but I'm not the right person for that type of role. Then for Daisy, she spent, I think it was three or four months in this job. She was working at, it was called Summer Session, I believe. It was at one of the universities that she was working at, and it wasn't a good fit for her either. It was not good cultural fit, not a good departmental fit. Nothing about it was good. She was super not happy. And she's a very much like a happy, jovial person. So to see her like that, it wasn't a good fit. This was maybe the first year or two that we were dating, Yana. Okay. Good. Great. Okay. So we got it. So second question, Luke, what's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Made you think totally different? Yeah. So for me, it was The Alchemist. That was a really powerful book when I ended up reading it. It's by Paulo Coelho. You know, anybody who hasn't read it, very short read, awesome read. So that was definitely a paradigm shift for me. For Daisy, I don't remember the name of the book, but I want to say it was a Brene Brown book. Man, I can't give two answers. I'll just go with the Brene Brown book and just leave it at that. Okay. You can play it safe and give two just in case. <laughs> the other one would be A Tribe Called Bliss, which is actually a pretty cool book. And so, I'll, yeah, that's the other one I would throw out there. Okay. Very good. And third question, what's a skill or talent you'd like to learn? Mm. I mean, I'd like to be better at chess. I've gotten back into it. I'm a nerd at heart. I played a bunch when I was in middle school and I'd like to be better and better at it just a lot of time, you know, a lot of time and self-study. So chess for me. And then for Daisy, I would think for her, it's probably being able to like speak Portuguese or speak Italian or speak another language. I'll, I'll just say speak another language. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Sounds good. And fourth and final question, what does success mean to you? Jeez. Um, for me, it's living a fulfilled life and going and making an impact in the world the best way that you know how. And, you know, I think all of us have these inherent gifts that are to us and living that out and being able to live up to that potential and, and have a super positive impact and strong impact on the world. For Daisy, what does success mean? For her, it would be something around like with her family and like being a good example to, you know, like her nieces and nephews and to her family and her community and future children. I would say it's something like that. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. Bring a daisy and take a hike and we'll... Uh... <laughs> We're switching out. Tag teaming. Switching roles. All right. Do, 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 do. All right, Yona, I am back. And she's back. That was good. So what we did was we actually asked both ways. So I'm going to ask okay. you what your answers are to these questions. And then for you to also give what you think Luke's answers would be. And then we'll bring him back and see how, how you guys scored. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. First question is, what is the worst job that you ever had? Oh, the worst job that I ever had. It's probably the only job I've ever quit without having another job lined up. It was, I don't remember if it was my third or my fourth, but I was working at a university and it was just not a good fit. I was there a few months, I think it was maybe about three months and it was just not the right fit either side. And it's the only time I've ever quit a job without having another one lined up. So, wow. Okay. Doesn't sound so good. It was a teaching <laughs> It was a teaching job or something like that, right? It was a counseling job. It was a counseling job. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I felt so much at peace after putting in that notice. It was the right move for sure. 
Right. For sure. Awesome. And what would you think Luke's worst job he ever had was? Luke's was probably his first engineering job, official engineering job that he had. And realizing that he didn't like being told what to do. He didn't like having a manager and being on a set schedule. Uh, I think he learned a lot about himself and about his work ethic and you know, just his work style. So I would say that yeah. his first engineering job, official engineering job. Okay, we got it. Move on to the second question. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Ooh, a book I've read. I would say The Power of Habit is a big one for myself, realizing that who I've been and who I am as a person can change. And that's completely up to me and to changing habits and replacing those with healthier habits. Very cool. All right. I haven't heard that one. So that sounds good. We'll add it to the book list. And what about Luke? You know what he would think if he was going to say a book that's given him a paradigm shift? Oh, he's a book nerd. He loves reading. (laughs) So that's really hard to narrow down for him. But I would say the rich dad, poor dad, potentially for him. I'm sure he had more than one because he reads a lot. But that I think was just instrumental in helping him see that he wanted to have his own business and have investments of his own. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Sounds good. Third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? That I would like to learn. I always say if I had a superpower, it would be to speak every language of the world Hmm. so I can communicate with people in their own language. There you go. So I'm going to go with superpower. And for Luke, let's see, he goes very deep into whatever he's learning about. So like coffee was really big at one point, but right now he's been really into chess. He's been reading YouTube playing a lot. So I think at the moment, it's probably going to be chess. Okay. Sounds good. And let's ask the fourth and final question, which is what does success mean to you? Oh, that's a beautiful question. For me, it's all about impact. It's all about helping my community, my family. And so just being a good example for them, being able to help others and provide you know, a little bit of impact, even if it's helps change their life in a very minor way, then I feel like my job is, is done. And so for Luke, he talks a lot about legacy, Hmm. you know, his dad being from another country and he looks and thinks a lot about ancestral history and impact, right? In terms of genetically where we are and, and how we've come to survive for millions and millions of years is because of that inner strength and power of, of our ancestors. So I think for him, it's going to be legacy. Okay. Wonderful. So call Luke back in and let's see how you guys did. Sounds good. Okay. And we're back. Okay. So the first question we asked was, what is the worst job that you ever had? Luke said worst job he ever had was his first job as an engineer, right? That's what I said too. (laughs) And that's what Daisy said right on it. Good job. One for one. Ding, ding. And then the worst job that Daisy ever had uh, what was it, Daisy? Uh, it was, I didn't mention the place, but it was summer session is what it's called. That's exactly what Luke said. So you guys are <laughs> two for two. Amazing. Okay. The second one is a little harder. It's a book you've read that's giving you a paradigm shift because apparently Luke is a, a book nerd. So there's probably a lot of books that have, have that title. And <laughs> but the book that Daisy said was something called The Power of Habit. And Luke said... It was either, and actually I can't even read my own scribbles right now, but uh, a tribe called Bliss. Ah, Bliss. Yes. That was a really good one too. (laughs) Okay. And Luke's book was, he said, The Alchemist. And Daisy said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, still good guess. Yeah. (laughs) So 
I guess they're both probably true. But the third question, I have to tell you up front, you guys hit the nail on the head, both of you, because the skill that Luke would like to learn, Daisy said, is chess. And that's exactly what he said. You guys are doing well on that. And then what is a skill that Daisy said and Luke said another language. So there you go. And she <laughs> wants to learn all the languages in the world. But let's start with one. <laughs> Perfect. So you guys are doing awesome on that. And, and then the fourth and final question, which is a beautiful one. So I'm going to let you guys say it yourself again, what it was. What's success mean to you? Yeah, I can go first. To me, it's about community and impact. It's about helping my family and those around me to just have a better life and, you know, be a good example, I think, for everybody that's around me. Those were literally the words that Luke yeah. used. So I think you guys are, are in sync once again. <laughs> and then Luke said that his success definition would be? So for me, it was, I think it was, it was making a very strong impact in the world. A big part of it was, you know, all of us have all of these inherent gifts just to us, right? And being able to fulfill that potential that we have and be able to go out into the world and be able to make the world a better place. Awesome. So pretty close, I would say. Not exact words, uh, but definitely around the same line. So you guys passed with flying colors on this uh, and hopefully, I'm sure on many other levels also. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys win the newlywed game. And um, to our listeners, I would love to end this off by just asking you guys, what's the best place that people can reach out to you? Yeah, that would be makeitraincapital.com. And thank you for having us, Yona. This was really fun, especially the game at the end. That's definitely something very unique that we've never done before on on a podcast. So that was a ton of fun to do with you. My pleasure. Thank you guys again for joining me. And to our listeners, thanks for joining all the way to the end. I hope you had a lot of fun. I certainly did and learned quite a bit. And remember, till next time, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.